everyone. Welcome back to Cedar in Cyprus podcast or welcome if this is your very first time. Happy Sunday and more importantly than that, Merry Christmas. This year, Christmas is on a Sunday and that is really exciting, just really fun that it's on a Sunday. It is Lord's Day, even though every day is a Lord's Day, but especially Sunday. So that's awesome. Today's episode is going to be very casual. It's not going to be as theologically dense as some of the other Advent episodes have been, a little less structured, and it's not that there's not going to still be a lot of great insight, hopefully, that I can give you and scripture, of of course, woven throughout, but also just that it's just going to be a little less structured. I'm here with my coffee. I'm in an oversized sweater. I have the Christmas lights on. It's a very casual recording environment for me right now. So I hope that if you're listening to this, you're also cozy. Maybe you can grab yourself coffee or tea and just relax and listen. And hopefully it just feels like we're sitting down for a cup of uh, hot beverage and just talking to each other like friends. That's always what uh, Liv and I have wanted this podcast to feel like. So I hope that this Christmas day, it feels that way as well. Just because a lot of this Advent series has been very structured, I planned it out and had things I really did want to say and ways I wanted to explain some things. There was even an episode that I had to record a couple different times to get it quite right. So today's episode, this Christmas Day episode, is just meant to be very relaxed and laid back and compared. Really what I want to talk about this Christmas Day and for this Christmas episode is just talking kind of about happiness and talking about our emotional well-being, kind of exploring what it looks like to be satisfied in Jesus and the fact that in the holiday season, it can be very hard to feel that way. A lot of times the emotions that you think you're supposed to experience, or at least I feel pressured to experience, sometimes just aren't there because suffering and brokenness is not limited to the first 11 months of the year. There are things that happen during Christmas and winter that are really hard and challenging and Because of the holidays, it can feel like you're supposed to feel a certain way. There's kind of a pressure to be joyful and be happy and to enjoy what's going on and, you know, be with your family. But if there's turmoil in your family or there is heartbreak or there is things going on that are out of your control or medical circumstances, all those different things, there are things that can make it feel like, wow, this is not really a holiday to celebrate. I don't feel like there's much to be celebrating right now. And I totally understand that. One thing that I have been thinking about a lot recently is just hearing from God and what it looks like to have a filled life in Him and be satisfied in Him alone. There have been so many reminders for me over the last couple months of just how little this world can satisfy and how much it fails over and over and over again to deliver on the promises that it gives us, the promises of satisfaction and of significance and importance and feeling like we have a part to play in this life and that what we're doing in our life amounts to something bigger than ourselves, the world could just never promise that to you and live up to what it what it says it can do. And I was talking to a friend the other day about hearing from God and what it looks like to just really know God on a personal level and more than just what we find in the Bible, the God we encounter in the Bible, but to really encounter him for ourselves and for a personal relationship with him. When I asked my friend if he was hearing from God, he gave me the response that he's kind of waiting or looking for a revelation from God, this kind of big huge moment where his life is going to be revealed, the future is going to be revealed, and what he's moving forward into is right and is good. And I don't think it's wrong at all to want a revelation from God and want a word from him that is very inspiring. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But I did respond by telling him that 
those moments are awesome. Those are great. But a lot of the times, the way that God talks to us is just talking about himself, reminding us of those really basic things that we need to be aware of. If you grew up in church or if you've been exposed to the gospel and fallen away, or maybe you've just become a little bit apathetic to it, the things that are most basic in the Bible sometimes lose their meaning for us because we've heard them so many times, but those are the things that God has the most has to most frequently remind us of. And those things are when I mean basic, I really am saying basic things. So, God reminding you, "Hey, I love you. I care about you. What you're going through matters to me. You are significant to me. I made you. You are valuable. I have a plan for you. I've got you. I've got everyone else in your life. All those people that you worry about, the anxiety that you have, I am taking care of it. I have taken care of it and I am 100% all powerful, all sovereign, but also all loving over everything that's going on in your life. Now, those are things that we as Christians are so used to knowing and to hearing, but those are the things that God most frequently says to me, at least, when I'm silent and in solitude and just seeking Him. He'll remind me of those things. Like, I've got you, and I love everyone in your life so much, and I'm taking care of everything all at once. But I think that we can frequently just become beaten down by the world, that we forget those types of things. We think that hearing from God is going to be this huge revelation of, like, you need to go do this, or I'm going to tell you to move here. And sometimes that is what it is. I mean, I even told my friend when we're having this conversation that sometimes it will be a huge revelation. Sometimes God will ask you to move across the world. Sometimes he's going to ask you to do something that's really hard. And there is a time and a place for that. But most often in our daily relationship with God, it's just those very basic and fundamental things that I find to be so comforting from God. And when it comes to that too, and being satisfied in, in Jesus, that means that we need to stop chasing happiness as an end. This is something that has been on my mind all the time recently. So if you have heard a lot of this before or you kind of get this vibe from our podcast already, I guess I'm not going to apologize for it. I guess I'm sorry that you're hearing it again, but I'm still not going to apologize for saying it. We need to stop chasing happiness as an end and to stop being subservient to this never-ending rat race of trying to make ourselves satisfied in our circumstances, trying to right our relationships on our own, and trying to do everything on our own all at once and never accepting help. I think this is something that I frequently fall into, so there's no condemnation for you if this is something that you struggle with because I understand. But so often, there are messages in our culture, in our society, on the internet, through influencers, through celebrities, through pop culture, music even, books, all those types of things that teach us that we have to build a life we love, that teach us that we have to take control of our circumstances, take control of our possessions, of our relationships, our careers, everything, and we need to figure out a way to be satisfied. I also see this a lot when it comes to fitness and to health and well-being, and there's just so many messages that are thrown at us that we need to take control of it. If you just buy this thing, if you just try this method, if you just do certain things, you're going to be happy. And then that feeling of when those things fail or heighten so much during the holiday season when we've done everything we're getting to the end of the year we're kind of doing some self-reflection we just doesn't feel like we've met all the criteria of what we should have of like I've done all the right things and I've tried it all and I just don't feel satisfied I don't feel happy instead I'm actually so completely weary and exhausted and I'm so tired and I don't know what to do it's the culture that is lying to us it's the world that is offering us 
a completely empty promise. And it doesn't mean that if you fall into this lie that you're not smart. It doesn't It doesn't mean that at all. Because although I completely think that what the world tells us is very stupid, I don't think you have to be stupid to buy into it because there's a lot of insidious ways that the culture feeds these messages very subliminally to us in those in those forms of media that I mentioned. It's it's all over the place. I cannot tell you how many times I've had conversations with people that I dearly love, especially young women, who are telling me that they're going through certain struggles in life and they just need to love themselves more. They want to be happier. They want to chase happiness. That that the love for themselves is something they've been searching their, for their whole life. And these, these people that I know are very smart people. They're determined people. They're people that I love and they're great people. So it doesn't mean that they're not smart, but it does mean that they've been lied to. If you're buying into this lie that you need to build this life that you love or that everything in your life should be fine and you should figure out a way to do it on your own, you have been lied to. Someone or something that you thought you could trust, whether it's other people in your life or messages online, whoever is feeding this to you or whatever institution is feeding it to you, they have taken your trust and they've deceived you into thinking that your happiness is the greatest end and that no matter the means that you must pursue it. So, when we get to the end of these fruitless pursuits, we're left feeling so empty. We feel like the promises and the efforts that we've made have just gone to nothing. So what that can do is that can result in bitterness against people, other people in our relationships when they haven't turned out the way that we want. It could result in bitterness against God for the things that he's done that we don't understand. And now I completely understand that there are things that you've gone through in life that are very hard. And I validate that. I validate the fact that there are challenges in this world. There is death. There is sickness, there's brokenness, there is heartbreak. So all those things, while being completely real, were really subjected to this message that we're the ones that need to fix that, that we need to step up. We need to like pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, put on put on the work pants and make things work in our life and just work hard until we get to the point that we're satisfied. And not only is that a cultural message, I really do believe of the West of like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but that's just a very human inclination to think that we can fix things on our own, to think that we can do things on our own. It's pride, it's arrogance. And when things don't turn out our way, we're either bitter against other people or we we turn to self-hatred or vic- self-victimization. So when those things haven't turned out quite the way what we wanted to, I mean, I I tend to sometimes feel feelings of self-loathing, like I've done everything I can and it just, it was never good enough and I'll never be good enough. And this trap, it creates so many unhealthy patterns in our thought lives that if we don't on it, if we don't allow that to be out in the open, if we don't seek help with that, if we do not seek prayer about it, if we don't turn those things over to God, but then also share them with God people and have accountability for that in our lives, those create really unhealthy patterns in our lives. And What we also know is that out of the heart, out of our emotions, out of what we're feeling flows our actions and the way that we act in life, the way that we behave and the actions that we take are indicative of what's going on in our hearts and in our minds. So when you're when you're bitter or when you have pride or arrogance or when you're upset or that flows out, people can see it, whether you try to fake it or not, people can see that and it can impact your relationships in negative ways and it can impact your job and the people that you interact with in ways that are less than ideal. So it is really important for us to be keeping those things in check and keeping those thought patterns in check. 
And furthermore, the other half of this lie, not only is it that, you know, you should, the happiness is your greatest end, no matter the means that you should pursue it. Further than that, it's it's the idea that God wants you to be happy. Now, I, I struggle with saying like a, a clear cut yes or no. I think that depending on who you could talk to, there are going to be people who say, no, it's not about happiness. It's about joy. There will also be saying, like, yeah, God wants you to be happy, you know, and I want to make sure that I mentioned that the yes and no answers to this question, does God want you to be happy, have been weaponized in the past. So on the yes side, that's been <laughs> weaponized for the health and wealth prosperity gospel. That if only you donate enough money, if only you try enough things, if you follow it this way, blah, blah, blah. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be rich. He wants all these great things for you. So that's been used to weaponize against people to get them into donating money to funds or to churches that really don't have their best interests in mind. I want to mention how destructive that has been. I'm not going to call out names, but if you are someone who's been following Christian content in the Christian community online for a long time, you will likely know some of the people that I'm talking about and mentioning when I talk about the prosperity gospel. However, on the other end, if we're too strict about saying that God doesn't want you to be happy at all, I think that can lead to legalism. That can kind of lead into these like miserable, long-faced Christians that people tend to think of us as these, these people that are miserable and just following a bunch of rules, blah, blah, blah. So, so while I think that we can be a little bit safer when we're on the no side of the answer, we need to be careful about when we define what happiness is, that we're clear about that. Because I actually would say that technically God does want us to be happy. Now, not as an end, not as the ultimate good, not as the most important thing that is in your life. But I do genuinely think that God created this world for us to enjoy. This is a world that he knew was good. We talked about that in our first episode of Advent. He wanted us to enjoy. And in that sense, to be happy, meaning to be in his presence and to delight in who he is and the love that he created us out of. So in that sense, yes, I guess we could say happiness because he does want you to be satisfied. God wants you to be fulfilled. He doesn't want you to lack anything. But that's not at the cost of pushing him out of your life. So when we talk about being happy, God wants you to be happy, to be joyful, delighted in him, to find your satisfaction in his way and the way that he's outlined for you to follow his His law ultimately, because that does lead to the emotion of happiness. Now, you're not necessarily going to be happy on every day. Does it mean that your things are always going to be pleasant and they're always going to be comfortable? No, because that's an absolute lie. Because Jesus, in fact, guaranteed the opposite, that life was going to be hard. There were going to be things that we really struggle with. We see that in John 16. He says, in, Jesus says in verse 33 of this chapter, I have said these things to you that you may have peace in me. In the world, you will have tribulation. In other translations, it says troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is wrapping up all these things that he said to the disciples about the fact that he is going back home and ascending to heaven, but he's going to leave his spirit with them. And he has said all these things so that they can have peace. They can know that they have triumph in him, even though in this world, it's going to look a lot of the times like they're losing. But what's going on in the spiritual battles that Jesus has already won everything. So no, not necessarily will you always feel pleasant, will you always feel comfortable and feel delighted in your circumstances. Not necessarily at all. A much better way of understanding is this, that God wants us to have our significance and our satisfaction to always be found in him, which I would say are components of happiness. But happiness and joy in themselves is not the purpose for which we are created. We are created for love and adoration of God, for a relationship of him. An amazing bonus benefit of relationship with God is that we do have genuine emotions of happiness, even though this world is broken. 
So I just want to be careful when we answer the question of God, does God want you to be happy? Do, do I think that God wants us to experience positive emotions such as happiness? Absolutely. I think that God is funny. I think that God is creative. I think that God genuinely delights in seeing us enjoy his creation and other people that he's created. So in that sense, yes, you are meant to be happy. But does it mean that at the expense of other people you should be happy? No. Does it mean that at the expense of a relationship with God you should pursue whatever you want in life and just do this? things that you think are right not necessarily and that's why i think when we come to seasons like this the holidays when we come to these the winter especially when if you live in certain areas then the nights are very long the days are very short when we're not experiencing those emotions of happiness it doesn't feel like christmas because christmas should be happy christmas should be about the lights and about the tree and about the presents and those things they run out those things run out of significance and satisfaction for you and those are the things that i think we chase well i wouldn't necessarily tell you oh you're chasing christmas lights to be happy but you're chasing that feeling we all have that intuitive feeling that we want to chase happiness we want to chase not feeling uncomfortable. We want to chase comfort. We want to chase peace. And those things that we try to construct for ourselves and curate for ourselves, It you can climb to the top of that mountain and you'll find that you have nothing. And it starts to feel like in those Christmas season, especially, that the world has just beaten you down. If there are things that have happened outside of your control or you've made mistakes and you've found yourself in a bad situation in your relationships or just in your life in general, it feels like anything can just get us down. There's so many things in the world that are broken and are not okay. And we see that and it hurts. But we found that joy comes in the morning. When you are connected to God, there is always going to be a morning. The sun will always come up and we will see the other side of those challenges, even if God doesn't heal or change the circumstances in which we live. Psalm 35 says, For his anger is for but a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. This psalmist is explaining that winter comes for everyone. The hard challenges of life, the seasons of life that feel really awful, are they come for everyone. And it doesn't matter if it's December, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas time, it doesn't matter if you're if it's supposed to be a joyous time for the rest of the world. You might be going through for something that's really hard. Nobody is exempt from suffering or hardships or challenges that life will bring. We talked about in our forgiveness episode, so last week's Advent episode, that Jesus was not exempt from suffering. In fact, he suffered the absolute worst things so that you could be saved, so that you could have eternal life and relationship with God the Father and be connected to the Trinity. Jesus can handle your emotions. Don't hold that back when when you're when you're upset and you're you're going through things and you're just like I don't know what to do with this God. I mean, I'm I'm struggling a lot. Hold, don't hold that back from him. Don't hide that from him. He can handle that. He can handle your anger. He can handle your bitterness. He can hang, handle your heartbreak. It's so many things that I think that we're we're scared of bringing to God, even our fear that we're afraid that he's going to tell us something that's going to be hard or he's going to ask us to do something we don't want to do. You don't have to hold that back from God because he already knows. He already knows all your emotions. Now, I wouldn't encourage you to stay in those emotions or to, to stew and to dwell in them and to ruminate on your negative feelings. And the best way, honestly, I've ever found to not ruminate on negative feelings is to bring them to God. Feelings of unhappiness, of dissatisfaction or discomfort with something that I'm going through or just not being okay with the way a certain thing is going in my life. 
I bring that to God and I say, God, I'm afraid or God, I'm upset or I'm angry or why would you allow this to happen? You should bring those questions to God. Now, he won't always answer them in the way that you think that he will. For example, I've been reading a lot in Job 38, which is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, if not my favorite one, honestly, because this is where God responds to Job and tells him, he essentially puts Job in his place in a very loving way, but after all this suffering that Job has gone through, he's lost his family, he's lost his children, he's lost his wealth, he is completely destitute, he even lost his health and his well-being, so he got very sick. All these horrible things have happened to a person that we have already established in the first chapters of Job as being a God-fearing man. His friends have come to him and they're trying to tell him all these different reasons why his life has turned out the way that it has. They've accused him of sinning. And in all this, Job didn't sin. And after all these very long monologues of the first 37 chapters have culminated to, God responds to Job. The Lord answers Job out of the whirlwind and says, who darkens count? Who is this that darkens counsel with words without knowledge? Essentially, God is saying, you as humans, you know so little about my ways. You don't fully understand the things that I'm doing. You're not going to understand. And God proceeds to monologue about the amazing things that he's created and done. And he is an incredible chapter about the fact that God has assigned the lightning where to go. He's hung up the stars. He's created the beasts of the world. He has completely ordered everything. He's gated up the earth so that the waters can only reach so far. He's, it's this beautiful imagery from our, our Hebrew author about who God is and what he's done. And so these kind of chapters are the things that remind me that I'm not always going to answer for why. I won't always get an answer for why things are hard and why people have to go through things that I don't feel like they deserve or that life feels unjust or especially in the holiday season that it just like doesn't feel right that there are things that I'm not okay with and I wish were different for people in my life or for myself. But God just reminds me, I am God. I have got this taken care of. I love you and I love the people in your life more than you could ever possibly understand. So I am here. I am taking care of everything and I need you to trust me. But this this joy and this rest that we experience with God, it has to come along with actually doing things his way. I've, I've had people in my life before me tell me that they've prayed for certain things or they've asked for certain things and either they felt like God is silent or God hasn't answered or he's just flat out said no. And while I can't speak to every single situation, a lot of the times I find that it's because we're not actually following and believing him for who he is. You might be praying for God to change something. Maybe it's in you or help you break a habit or help you establish new ones or you're praying for things in other people's lives to change and to get better and you don't feel like you ever get an answer. And the first questions that I that I like to consider when I'm I'm myself asking this question of God, you know, why aren't things different or changing is are you doing things God's way? God asked me that point blank sometimes when I'm I'm frustrated, I'm bringing things to him. He'll be like, are you doing things the way that I've told you to? Because it doesn't necessarily mean that I'll change the circumstances, but I will transform you. Every, every way that you think about things, the way that you treat others, the way that you approach life is going to be completely upheaved and changed if you do decide to do things my way. I think that if you are not okay right now in this holiday season, if Christmas right now and it just feels like your life is in shambles or you have tried everything you can, there's this one thing in your life that you just, or maybe a bazillion things in your life that feels like you just can't get right and you're so tired, you're unsatisfied, and you just can't find the right path, God is right here and he's saying, I'm right here. 
I have given you the entire Bible to help you understand me and to pursue me and understand what the good life truly is. Not the easy life by any means, but the good one. Jesus said in Matthew 11, he said, come to me, all you who are weary, who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I just want to, that's a beautiful passage. I, I This has always encouraged me, but I even want to just explain for a second when we talk about yoke, we're not talking about like an egg yoke or anything like that, but it's the word Y-O-K-E. And typically two strong animals would have the yoke onto their back and they would pull it forward. And this was used for agriculture. So for planting seeds or for doing other agricultural work. And typically it was very heavy, but Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And what he's explaining here is that he carries that weight for you. The Christian life, though it is not an easy one, it's complete easy meaning simple because Jesus does say my yoke is easy. He says, my burden is light. You're not going to have to be crushed by the weight of trying to conjure and curate a life for yourself that will make you happy, that will be easy for you. We've, we even talked about in the episode where we talked about Joseph's humility that his life had seemingly been shattered and Mary's as well, that everything that they had anticipated and looked forward to in their life, getting married and having a normal family, that was completely upended by God and for the best, for the purpose of saving humanity. But in their human eyes, it likely didn't feel that way most of the time. It felt hard and it felt challenging. I can't even imagine what it was like to go to Bethlehem and travel when you're you're pregnant and you're not feeling well and you're tired and you're having all this turmoil likely in your family or in your societal group or your community because of this thing that you have, you have it looks like you have done the sin that it looks like you have committed. So there are probably so many things that were really challenging for them in the time. And what we can learn from the story of Christmas is that by your human eyes, a lot of times it looks like things are just falling apart when really God might be putting things into place for a much bigger purpose than yourself. Christmas and Jesus, Jesus is for the lowly and the tired and the beaten down as much as it is for the joyful and triumphant. You might be in a season right now in your life during Christmas where everything feels great and you feel like things are wonderful. And for that, I just want to praise God along with you because that's amazing. And I'm so grateful that you're going through that and that you're experiencing the fullness and the happiness and the joy that you do experience, the satisfaction that comes with a life in Christ and in him alone. But I also want to say that if this is Christmas for you right now and it is not feeling like it at all, that's completely understandable. And Jesus has a better way. He has something more than the, the tinsel. He has something more for you than just the Christmas songs. He has something more for you than just presents and material things and accumulation of items for you to feel like, for whatever reason, to make you feel like you're loved or make you feel like you're valuable. He alone has given you the gift of eternal salvation. And what other, what kind of gift would ever be better than that? What better gift is there? Then someone who has laid down his life on your behalf and taken all your suffering. But in John 15, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you my servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. 
He's talking to his followers, to his disciples here. You are also a follower of Christ if you are a Christian. And so God has revealed to you what he's working on and doing. And he might not have revealed all the different ways in which he's doing that, but he has revealed his kingdom to you. There is so much in the Bible. There's so much richness and wealth in the Bible where you can kind of figure out what God's kingdom is and how you can be a part of that, the inheritance that you have with Jesus. But even further more than that, greater love knows no one than this except Jesus, Jesus who gave down this greatest gift that you could ever possibly hope to receive. If, if you're waiting for a Christmas gift to make you feel like you're valuable, to feel satisfied in that, or you're, you're, finding, you're trying to find ways within the Christmas traditions to make you feel fulfilled, or you're just feeling like you're not living up to it, how you should feel when the season comes around, I completely understand. And God has something so much better for you than that. There is so much better for you than what the world can offer you. No amount of happiness or no amount of fitness, no amount of money, no amount of security that you can attempt to find in your relationships on earth or in your circumstances here on earth are ever going to be enough. You could honestly have the most of all those things. We even think about how we see celebrities rise and fall and we see the fact that no amount of wealth can make them happy. No amount of relationships or attention from the opposite gender is ever going to make them feel all right. Nothing like that. Even your family can't fulfill you. And as much as we all, I'm sure, love our families, their ability as humans to satisfy and secure us always runs out. And so how unfair it is for us to hold them to an expectation that they can fulfill those things that only God can, only your creator is capable of doing. And so if you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you're here in this holiday season and you're just so weary of trying to curate and conjure those things for yourself and you just you don't know what to do next, I say turn to him. Turn to him. And if you're praying to God and you're looking for some kind of answer and you're just not sure to try doing things his way, to lay down those things for him. And if you are already doing all those things and you're you're strong in your faith and that's awesome. I'm so grateful for that. I praise God for the way he sustains you and has grown you this year. If you're looking back on this year and you're so incredibly happy and satisfied with the way that your year has been, I think that's amazing. More often than not, though, I think we can tend to feel like we're unsatisfied and we're not okay with the way that things went, hence the reason why we make New Year's resolutions or we we try to make these goals and objectives to set up for ourselves in this next year because we look back on our year and there's so many things that we wish were different about ourselves by the time we get here. So <clears throat> that could be emotional, that could be physical. We often see people making resolutions for their fitness when it comes to the new year. And I think it speaks to this this deeper dissatisfaction that we have in ourselves. And because this world throws us so many self-improvement messages, I think that we just fall trapped to it very often. We fall trapped to this fact that we can contribute to our own happiness and create, forage a life for ourselves that we will love and be in touch with ourselves and love ourselves the most where really at the end of the day that runs out, we run out of that. That cup will always, you'll be pulling, pouring in to a cup with a hole at the bottom for the rest of your life if that's what you want to pursue. And if, if that's the choice that you want to make, I understand that, but I just want you to know that there is a better option for you. The better option is Jesus who came as a baby through the virgin birth and he lived a whole life and he died after three years of ministry suffered a horrendous, horrible death that we talked about in more detail on our last episode. He suffered a horrendous death on your behalf so that you could have a relationship with Jesus and have eternal life and and be imparted 
and he could impart his righteousness upon you. When God looks at you, he sees someone who is righteous, who is good, who is holy. And the person that he sees is Jesus covering your sin. If you want that, just know that that's available to you right now through Jesus, 100%. So I think that is all that I have to say today. I... I didn't structure this episode. Like I mentioned, I kind of just wrote down a couple thoughts and some verses that I knew I wanted to mention. I just want to encourage you to not block out God's voice with the messages from this world because he may be speaking to you and you might feel like he's silent, but if you're blocking him out and you're plugging your ears with other things and messages from the world and and culture about what what a full life looks like, what happiness looks like, then it's going to be extremely hard to hear him. So if you just, if you feel like you're stuck in a hamster wheel and you're spinning through thing after thing when you could just rest in him, I want you to know that that's here for you right now. I think that is all that I have to say for right now. This is just something that's been on my heart a lot throughout the last couple months of I, a lot of people in my life I've seen go through some really challenging things. And so this is kind of just what's been on my heart. I know it wasn't an episode where I went through the story of Jesus's birth. The reason for that is because I did kind of mention that earlier in episodes when we talked about messianic prophecies and humility and forgiveness. And so if you haven't, if you've missed those Advent episodes that we've talked about that are more doctrinally and theologically dense, if you're kind of looking for that, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to the other Advent series episodes in the series. But just for today, I just wanted to feel like we were sitting down together and we're just having a conversation and that you can see me hopefully as your sister in Christ, encouraging you towards these things to, to, to yearn for him, for your life to be completely founded upon Jesus because like your sister in Christ, I just want to tell you that that's not going to ever be enough. So I don't want you to waste your time. I don't want you to waste your life away pursuing those things that are never going to be enough for you and will be exacerbated by the Christmas season when you know that they're not enough. So that is what I have for you today. The next time that we connect on this podcast, Liv will likely be back because she's returning after the new year. I did mention in my first Advent series that she's working on her master's thesis right now, so I'm not 100% sure what our schedule will look like. I do not believe that we'll have an episode right on New Year's weekend. I think we will be taking that off right now, so I wouldn't expect an episode there unless um, I'm just able or come up with a bonus episode to release for you guys, but I really, really appreciate all those who have tuned in and just wanted to mention too before I before I sign off here that the people that have encouraged us throughout this year we started this podcast in March of 2022 and it is now December of the same year the people that have been so encouraging and kind to us and told us that this podcast has meant something to them and has spoken to them in some way that is all we ever wanted from this episode from this podcast that they could be two friends talking just sitting down and having a conversation. And if that can also influence you for the good and push you towards Jesus, that is the most amazing thing that could ever happen. There have been people who have told us, like, there was this one really sweet person who reached out and said that we're part of her morning routine. And when she cleans, you know, she puts our podcast on from Sunday that we post and she just cleans. And just being a part of your weekly routine or being part of your day at all is such a blessing to us. The fact that Jesus gives us this opportunity to reach you and to talk about him. God is my favorite topic. He's my favorite thing to talk about. So the fact that you listen to our ramblings at all 
and that you're here and you enjoy it and that you care enough to reach out and share that with us, we appreciate so much. I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. I hope that you get to eat good food and have great conversations and spend time with good people. We will see you in the next year. So yeah, tune in next time.